this is my podcast and and this is really I know there's people listening, plenty of people listening, but this is for me. <laughs> yeah. And so there's there's actually parts of this story that you know I know, but there's something I want to dive into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so you had five family members that mm-hmm. were physicians. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain way that they did things. Welcome to the Wealth Code Secrets Podcast, where I'm going to be bringing you on my personal journey to attaining wealth and fulfillment in the most important areas of my life. I want to teach you everything I know so that you can make the rest of your life the best of your life. Make sure you like and subscribe. Now onto the show. Welcome to the Wealth Code Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Greg Todd. Today is going to be better than having me, baby, because I'm bringing in uh, someone that, gosh, you know, when when you, if, if there was one word I had to give to this person, it's loyalty. Uh, he was the first person to actually be a part of uh, the program that has now been known kind of worldwide smart success PT slash uh, smart success healthcare. Uh, and he has stayed loyal to me and I've hopefully stayed loyal to him uh, for the last five years. And, um, and he is my success partner. Uh, he's my friend and he's a hell of a business guy too. Uh, so I would like to welcome Aaron LeBauer to the Wealth Code Secrets podcast. Aaron, what is up my brother? Hey, Greg, what's up, man? Thanks so much. That gives me chills. So yes, appreciate it so much. Um, I can't believe it's been five years. Five years, five <laughs> years. So uh, real quick, before we start to uh, dive in and you drop some fire for the people, uh, do you remember our first ever conversation? Mm-hmm. It was because I was trying to submit a talk for PPS. Yes. And you and I, I can't remember where I posted it or commented something and you um, reached out to me via Facebook Messenger and said, hey, I'd love to help you with that. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think the first thing is this, is that that was our first conversation. And then uh, the next conversation, I remember uh, I was actually in an airport in Dallas going to a consulting uh, That's right. gig in uh, San Francisco. And, um, and I was asking you for something mm-hmm. and you you obliged and helped me. And every single time, and then after that, we met in Seattle and uh, and had a great time there. And, you know, every single time that we talk to each other, there's never a time where one of us is not reaching out and saying, hey, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need? And, and, and I'm, you know, really what I want to do now is I, I, I want to hear about your journey. I want the people to know about your journey on how you've gotten to where you're at now and where you started from. Uh, and, uh, but I want people to understand that as Aaron tells his story and um, helps you with um, giving you business tips, business advice on how to grow your practice. Uh, you know, I want you to know that this is a man that serves first and everything else that has happened to him um, is, is just, it's just an afterthought. Uh, he's of constant service to people. So anyways, I just wanted to tell people that I think that's really important. Please tell them a little bit about your story and, and kind of what led you to now be this physical therapist that's helping other physical therapists grow their yeah. businesses. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. I mean, every time 
we talk, I always feel like I'm getting more than I'm giving. <laughs> so I that's just a testament <laughs> to you. I'm always just like, wow, what can I do to repay Greg for that? Because I always feel like you give me more. So um, I appreciate it and glad to know that I'm always helpful to you. So awesome. my journey, um, let's see, I grew up uh, knowing that I was expected to be a physician. And my dad's a physician. My uncles are physicians. My grandfather, his, uh, my, my great uncle, um, we're all physicians and started a, uh, a practice here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, and now it's called the Bauer healthcare, but it was, uh, you know, my, my family members and like five other people until like in like 1989 and then managed care came, then it started expanding crazily, but I kind of grew up among these, um, physicians, right? Like with the expectation, this is what I was going to go do. And this is how you act. And this is how you treat patients. And these are old school physicians who would actually, every one of the um, five men I mentioned and their uh, brother, one of my uncles uh, died when he was 25, uh, the day before graduation uh, from medical school. And, um, but what they would do is they would see a patient and then they would take the patient out of the exam room and sit them in their office. And the patient would sit in like a leather chair and they'd sit across the desk and they'd sit and talk. And they wouldn't only talk about what was wrong. They talk about life and all the other things because that's what physicians did. And I would go with my dad and I would see this and I would go with him on rounds into the office. And this is how I grew up. Well, I got to college and, uh, you know, I was like, well, I'm pre-med. <laughs> I'm kind of behind in math, uh, but I got to take my calc- pre-calculus and do other things and biology. And I um, got to organic chemistry and I had gotten A's the prior two semesters in regular chemistry. That first night of organic chemistry, I couldn't, I could do the homework, but I knew it was going to take me four hours. And I sat there with my head in my hands and I was just like, this is it. It's either now or never. And after about two, two I was like, this is going to take me four hours to do what I already got an A in, and this is the review homework. I was like, I am not doing this. I can't do this. This isn't how I want to live my life. I have so many other things I want to do. And I thought that was it. Um, I went on and, you know, graduated college and uh, from Duke University and lived in Israel for a year and came back and went to San Francisco, slept on a couch for six weeks, became a temp because I couldn't get a real job because no one wanted to hire me because I was honest in my interviews and said, I'd like to race bicycles on the weekends and do these other things and whatever. So I worked as a temp. And after doing that, I worked as a bike messenger for two years. And then I went back to massage therapy school. Um, and I could talk about this for hours. There's so many things that have happened, but I went to massage therapy school, became a massage therapist. And I was able to work with people one-on-one for an hour using my hands. And people kept saying, Aaron, you're the first person to touch me where I hurt. You're the first person to help me there. I've been to see massage therapists, PTs, chiropractors, acupuncturists. I've had surgery. I've been on medications. And you're the first person to actually help me. And I, I was like, I can't be that special. My wife encouraged me to go back to PT school. And I did that because I was like, well, I need to go. Now I can become Dr. LeBauer. I can be Dr. LeBauer, the physical therapist. I found my path to becoming the do- a doctor, um, which I didn't think was going to be possible anymore. And now um, I'm in PT school on my first clinical rotation. I see 43 people one day and I'm just like, mm. I can't do the type of therapy that I grew up learning how to do, like the amount of time with patients I, or that I've been experiencing as a massage therapist for the last seven years. I'm going to have to start my own business. 
and do it on my own and I can't do it with insurance. And that's really uh, the thing that got me uh, into PT and out of PT. And then people started asking me, well, how are you doing this? And I just started helping them. And one day a woman said, well, how much do I owe you? And I was like, what do you mean? You owe me money? She's like, well, yeah, I want to pay you for your help. And I'm just like, holy cow. And um, then I started coaching other physical therapists. And wow. uh, now we're here. So that's the short version yeah. of my story. There's a lot of other bits we can unpack, but that's kind of the big timeline. If, if, if you don't mind, yeah. um, this is my podcast. And, and this is really, I know there's people listening, plenty of people listening, but this is for me. <laughs> Yeah. And so there's there's actually parts of this story that you know I know, but there's something I want to dive into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so you had five family members that mm-hmm. were physicians, mm-hmm. and there was a certain way that they did things. Yep, right? This seeing the patient and bringing them into the, the, the office, letting them sit on the leather lounge chair, finding out more about them, like getting to actually know the complete person, right? Mm-hmm. And you saw that there, if you were going to do this doctor thing, there was a certain way that you saw that it could be done. Yep. And, um, and it just didn't sit right with you not doing it that way, because I'm, I'm assuming, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, but uh, you saw the transformations that it did for people. You saw the amazing relationships that it wasn't always just physical, um, you know, a physical ailment. And I'm assuming that your father and, uh, you know, other family members that have done this have created a pretty cool legacy for themselves in Greensboro, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I'd go to the grocery store yeah. and they'd be like, oh, my God, you're, you're like, like your dad, your father, your uncle saved my daddy's life or saved my Mima's life or, right. you know, saw me and like, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for your father, right. you know? And I don't get that as much anymore because they're not practicing, but, and, and my Harris Teeter card doesn't have my name spelled correctly, <laughs> but, but like, I grew up with that. Like everyone's like, Oh, you're Joe LeBauer's son or, you know, Gene LeBauer is, are you a son? Or I was like, Oh, he's my uncle. He's like, Oh, he helped me, you know, because these are the kind of guys that would come to your house if you needed them, if they needed to, not because they had to, or, you know, because they wanted to, that's they the wanted way to, they did it. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think the, the 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 moral of this part of the story is um, it's not always just becoming the thing; it's how you do the thing mm-hmm. uh, that that actually gives you true satisfaction um, and, and and true fulfillment. And there's a lot of people that I know that are listening to this to uh, to this podcast episode, and they're like, you know, like I love the the identity of whatever it is that they are a physical therapist, occupational therapist, this, that, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, But they don't like the way that they're doing it and it doesn't sit right with them. So, so knowing your story now and what you just explained, what would you say to them? Do it the way you want to do it. Do it the way you know is right. And so when I think of you making that decision, like, wait a minute, from my first internship, (laughs) <laughs> me saying 43 patients a day is probably not going to cut it for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not the way that I want to do it. Right. Uh, but you didn't have any prior business experience per se, right? You kind of 
Well, I'd be a massage therapy practice. I had a massage therapy practice since '99, and I went to PT school in 2006. So, you know, at that point, I I was just doing. I was self-employed as a massage therapist, Mm -hmm. um, based on the knowledge I learned uh, in massage school on how to run a massage therapy practice. Like it's just you know you go and you file a thing downtown and you charge a rate and you accept cash and checks and gosh, credit cards are expensive. I mean, there was a a lot of growing I've done, but I had a basic knowledge of business, but I didn't really, I mean, I didn't have a knowledge of like, what is money and what does it mean? And what is responsibility? Mm -hmm. How much money do I need to do? You know, it was kind of like, I'm going by the seat of my pants. I mean, I'd done it, but I hadn't actually done it. You know what I mean? So, so I have one more question with regards to that from that 43 patient day. I've heard Mm -hmm. this story a few times. uh, How long did it take you after that day to decide that you were going to do you were going to do your own thing? It was that day. I was like, people are going to pay. I'm I'm charging $85 an hour for massage Mm -hmm. therapy. People will pay me $95 and they'll pay me another $10 an hour um, to be Dr. LeBauer doing physical therapy. They've, like there's no reason they could, they wouldn't like that just would be weird. But everyone around me told me that wasn't possible. Right. Everything right. around it was like physical therapy is worth a $20 copay, maybe $40, you know, in, in 2006, 2007, you know, my CI told me it's not going to work. No one's going to pay more than their copay for physical therapy. Like he told me like that, that next week. And I was right. like, <laughs> talk to me in five years and, and, and then judge that. Cause people were paying me. I was in San Francisco and I had my massage practice. And I was charging $80 an hour. San Francisco was expensive at the time and it's even more expensive now. The dot-com crash came through and all of a sudden kind of patients dried up. And I was like, what if I just charge 75? And then it, you know, that, that made it because 80 was expensive, but 75 wasn't. Right. I moved to Greensboro, North Carolina, where, where now I can afford to live in 90% of town based on my, you know, if I paid the same amount of rent that I was paying in San Francisco and I started charging $85 an hour. Um, I'm do, I was doing more than just relaxation massage. It was mm-hmm. more of a, I would say medical massage. Right. Um, and which charging $85 an hour and people were paying it. I was like, okay, great. I wouldn't doctor anything. I wouldn't, you know, I was Aaron, the massage therapist. I had stigma of being a male massage therapist more in North Carolina than in California. And I was like, well, if I'm Dr. LeBauer, like people pay an extra $10 and everyone told me it wouldn't happen. But it was that day that I was like, I, I can't, I don't see myself working for the hospital for $40 an hour because I'm already making 85 an hour. And if I want to treat patients the way that I think is they need to be treated, like, why would I do anything different and now go make half as much? It didn't make sense to me. For everyone that's listening, uh, you know, I would love for you to reach out to myself or reach out to Aaron. Uh, he he responds on DMs on Instagram. I know that for a fact. And I do um, as well. And and I know that there's a lot of people right now that are listening, Aaron, that feel the exact same way that you felt. Mm-hmm. But they still haven't made the leap. Right. Aaron felt that way on a weekday, seeing 43 patients and made the decision the next day. He hadn't even gotten his license yet, <laughs> but he already made the decision that uh, this, this is not going to cut it for me. Yeah. 
and I know that there's plenty of people out there that have felt it and they're like, I can't do this, but they don't think it is possible for them. Well, yeah, that person could do it. Oh, yeah. yeah um, I can't charge that in my town. Okay. Well, I can't do this. Aaron, can I ask you something? Are you still charging 85 to $95? Like what yeah. you were charging back then? No. no, we're charging like three times that three times that now. And do you have zero customers or? Yeah, no, we're, we're pretty good. <laughs> we're good. I mean, the pandemic hit us, it kicked us in the face a couple of yeah. times, but um, we're pretty busy. I mean, we yeah. had uh, nine, 24 new visits in uh, December and 19 people showed up and 16 people converted to new patients, wow. which for, you know, December 2020 was uh, pretty darn good for one yeah. physical therapist. And I'm not treating patients. I wow. spend you know, an hour, an hour in the clinic, uh, two hours in clinic every week, uh, with meetings and, uh, time doing other business growth stuff for the clinic. But Well, wow. Um, that's, that's just, that's just absolutely awesome. So, uh, you know, I just think that that's a really important thing for people to, to hear, uh, that look, if you're listening and you're like, Oh wow, Aaron Lamar is going to be on. Okay, great. You know, his story. He just told you, I'm sure you've, if you've been nodding your head as you're listening, you're like, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. And you haven't done it. You know, you really have to ask yourself why. Now, Aaron, I want to ask you, you've helped hundreds, if not thousands of physical therapists mm -hmm. uh, start their first practice and grow their practice and scale their practice. Yeah. And you've also seen lots of physical therapists that have basically been on the fence with starting their practice and they never do it. What's the difference? I think it's, it comes down to what you told me a few years ago. It's belief. It's belief that they can do it, but it's, it's, what's funny is it's not just belief because people can sit around and they can see like, well, Aaron did it, you know, Aaron's coaching clients did it. These other thousand people did it. There's other people, but they don't believe that I can do it. Right. Like it's, it's not just belief that it's possible for someone It's belief that I can't do it. And it's, it's not just belief that I can't start a business, it's belief that no one that I'm not a good enough therapist to charge enough. It's belief that, you know, I won't have the money or I won't have the support or I'm just not a business owner. I mean, there's other pieces of self-doubt that run through people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's belief. And then the, and then the second thing is taking action and executing. People want to do it for so long. They just don't ever take the leap. Right. They just don't ever take the next step to uh, getting something done and it never happens. And that's right. probably the, the one thing that people could do or, or that don't do that causes failure, but it's the, it's the deep seated belief systems that they have around, um, business money, um, relationships and, uh, self-confidence. Um, right. and it's the lack of taking action, doing anything about it. You see y'all, I, I, you know, I've heard this before. I've heard the way that you believing is the way you be living, right? Mm -hmm. So, so um, you know, I I hear Aaron's story, and I see someone that was able to decide this is not the way that I want to do it, and basically make that decision within less than a minute, uh, and then act on it. So I, you know, I constantly wonder why is it that he was able to do this, uh, and then after he did that, why was he able to? grow his practice to where um, he's actually not working in the business anymore, but he's just working on the business. Why was he 
the one that was able to say, hey, not only have I done this for myself, but you know what? I'm going to go and help other people do it. And I think it it constantly comes back to this thing. I think it comes back to the power in proximity of people. Mm-hmm. He, grew, he grew up around people that he saw do it. And because yeah. he because he he was surrounded, by the way, that's just that's just he just he was just born into that family. Okay, all right. But the truth of the matter is that we live in a world today where you can actually put yourself around people that have done it. So for him, like there was no there was no delay because it's like, all right, I know it can be done. Like well, you like, know, Greg, like I was around people that treated patients a certain way. Yeah. I got into PT and I was around a bunch of people that treated patients a different way than I expected and told me that the way I wanted to do it wasn't going to work. Right. Even, you know, clinical, two clinical instructors who were supportive of me opening cash practice both said, well, like I wouldn't do it or my staff couldn't do it, or I'm not going to do it myself, even though I could. And, uh, or would charge for, uh, you know, one of them would charge for um, the eval cash based on the direct access laws and then send people to the, you know, to, to their primary care physician and then come back for insurance. And it was like $20 copays. And, you know, it was just like, there was no one around me um, saying, this is how it's going to be done, Aaron, you can do it. And let me show you. It was just like, so the proximity of people I was around um, as a PT, we're basically saying it's not possible. You can't do it. You shouldn't do it. And it's actually unethical to do right. it. Right. It's really hard uh, to see. Um, I want to go, I, I would love it. I love like your podcast called Wealth Code Secrets, right? Yeah. So I want to go to one other piece that I was somewhat fortunate to have when I graduated PT school to know that if I fall on my face, I have family members to kind of pick me up, Right but my wife was pregnant with um, a baby and I wanted to do this on my own without like going to my mom and dad as a, I was an adult student in PT school. I was in like 30, 36 years old. Mm-hmm. They were like, Hey, can you help me? Right. But I had, but I knew like, I'm fortunate to know that like I could just, put, I've already paid off $43,000 in credit card debt uh, or 48,000 from racing bicycles in my twenties. Like I knew I could do that. Right. So I knew I could go into debt to grow this business because I believed that it could be done and there was so much doubt around it. And now that I've done that, I've seen people do it with $500 and not have to put any money into their business um, with a couple thousand dollars, 10,000 here, or just bootstrap it and get it going. And I think a big piece that hopefully we can talk about is like, what is it's the money conversation in the back of our heads that um, a lot of times make us feel like we don't have um, the ability to do something or we can't charge money for something. And I think that's a big part of this conversation. Let's Uh, dive into that. Yeah. Let's dive into that. What are the things that you see that are limiting people with thinking that they can actually start a practice? I think for healthcare providers, number one is when you've been an employee somewhere, you don't know what uh, you're valued at. You know what you get paid you don't know what the patients pay to see you and you don't know what the employer business bills insurance companies for your services. There's this huge disconnect. So that's like a, a big piece. And I think um, the second mistake is um, charging for time rather than for results. And those are mm. the two big pieces that get people into like 
I don't know, the wrong pool. They're in the wrong water. They're in the wrong right. pool. They're, they're, they're like, well, here's the information I have. Like I make this. So I, all I have to do is charge that and I'll be okay. Um, and uh, they don't know how to talk about it. They don't, like, you know, like I didn't know I, I was, and I've got a little, I've got 10 thoughts about this, but I say for me, like I didn't know where money came from until I started really, you know, trying to um, grow my, get myself out of the business. I knew how to have my own job. Right. I didn't know where money came from. You know, I know it was in the bank and all I had to do is work some hours or fold, uh, fold some envelopes in the temp job and I'd make some money and I could spend it and I'd make it back or I'd go into debt and I'd claw, claw my way back out. Um, but now I see money is, um, is energy that's exchanged when I help someone do something that they can't do on their own. Mm. So that's like 10 different things in there. Cause I got the ADD brain, but yeah, no, 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 that, that, distinction that yeah. I had a, I had a good safety net, but I didn't, I wasn't taught the lessons about money that I needed to growing up. Um, you know, about like, where does it come from? Like, and where do you go find it? You know, other than getting a job. And when it was time not to get a job, then it, most people are taught to go get a good secure job, but that's not the way the world works. Right. 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 Mm. So if it, out of all those things, I think I'd be happy for you to help direct, direct that. But those are the pieces that uh, I think have been my biggest lessons in this. Wow. You know, it's interesting because you said um, that most people value their worth on what they're giving to the marketplace mm-hmm. in terms of time. Yeah. Right. Um, most of us in the, the industry are billing based off of codes and those codes are time codes. So the more we put into something, um, the more time we put into it, the more we feel like we are worth. So everything is around uh, our time and, and it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter how much better you get at something. It doesn't matter um, how much more proficient you get at something. The way that, it's set up in that world, the world that your CI was in, the world that was that you're still not going to get any more. You have to give us more of your time and more of your energy mm-hmm. in the form of time in order to get more. And what you're saying, how you've gotten to where you're at, it's a total opposite. My podcast is usually like 15 minutes. So this is going to have to probably split up into a few, but we can keep on going. So if y'all want it, can you just let us know and we'll do this again for you and uh, we'll deal with the things that we didn't talk about. So anyways, Aaron, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you so much. Hey, Wealth Creator, I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Wealth Code Secrets Podcast. Now, can I ask you a couple favors, please? Okay, number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another episode? We'll notify you every single time a new one comes up. Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review, please, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever? And, And you know, while you're doing it, let me just tell you the things to say. Tell them how amazing I am, and more importantly, tell them how amazing you are. There you go. Okay, and then Number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash Greg Todd PT and you can see the video version. We got all types of cool stuff in there and you're going to love it. All right. Thank you so much again. And remember, let's make your days count. Till next time.